Welcome to the Daily Progressaholic Podcast, where we provide you with advice on how to progress through your self-development journey and fall in love with the process of improving yourself spiritually, mentally, and physically. Welcome to the Daily Progressaholic Podcast. Today, we have a special guest, Michael Kappa. Michael Kappa is an aspiring serial entrepreneur and thought leader from Ajax, Ontario. He currently owns Altona Painting, a residential painting service in the greater Toronto area, is a co-host of the podcast, A Millennial's Journey, and is working towards investing in income properties. His true passion is playing rock music and will one day see his band's name, Loudfoot, in Big Lights. Michael's main purpose in life is to educate and inspire, whereby he coaches young employees the ins and outs of painting and running a business, as well as coaches millennials to become wealthier in their intellect and personal finances through his podcast. It is a true pleasure to have you, Michael, on our podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Devesh. I'm super pleased to be here. That's incredible. So Michael, let's start off, uh, tell our viewers a little bit more about your personal journey leading up to where you are right now. Yeah, for sure. There's always a story behind the person, right? Yeah. So I wasn't always a highly ambitious, self-aware and conscientious observant learner. My story, excuse me, my story begins when I was 12 years old. And this is when I quote woke up because I was ashamed of my body image. I was a happy-go-lucky kid, but I was unsatisfied with being the fat kid. So I approached my dad and asked him to help me with my insecurities. And he knew that I loved being active. So he signed me up for boxing. And I don't know if you've ever done a boxing workout, Devesh, but man, does that sport ever test you? <laughs> as, uh, as Mike Tyson says, everyone had the plan until you get punched in the faith. <laughs> <laughs> so that sport really tested me and what I thought were my perceived limits. And I did that for five years and learned so much about discipline, respecting my body and how to care for my body but most of all going beyond my perceived limits. So let's fast forward a few years. And when I was 18, I took the initiative of running a student works painting franchise just east of Toronto in summer 2015. And I grossed over 90K in sales. And that summer really tested my perceived self limits, but I knew I could blast through them from that point on. And kind of just to wrap it all around to where we are here in 2020. Um, The mindset that I've adopted really started in 2017. I did an optional seven week internship in Peru as part of my university degree. And during this trip to Vesh, I really discovered I loved working and traveling and I wanted to live a really cool life. So I decided that if it was my life's purpose to live a really cool life, I wanted to pursue working and traveling, but I understood that the financial costs associated with this dream and the mental fortitude required to do so um, required me to uh, have some financial capital to back it up. And I decided that in the summer of 2018, I would do the one thing that I knew how to make a lot of money at really fast, which was painting. So I started my painting company, Altona Painting, uh, in my final semester of my degree in winter 2018 and the the rest is literally history that's amazing that's amazing i just sort of diving more into the peru part so i thought that was like super interesting so like where do you work and like what were like your main learnings from that experience you would say 
that was an exceptional trip. So yeah, we were in the Sacred Valley region, which if anyone knows their history, that's where the Incan Empire was situated. So I think they were around from eight or 900 or 1000 AD right up yeah. until about the 14 or 1500s right before yeah. the, Sp- the spanish came and uh yeah that's where we were we were in um this place called urubamba which is about an hour drive from cusco and cusco currently is a population of 300,000 people but it was the it was the capital of the Incan empire. So when I was in Peru, Devesh, like we would work Monday to Thursday on our internship and then Thursday night to Sunday, we were free to go explore ancient ruins. We were free to go party in Cusco. We were free to like go to the jungle for a weekend. And during this trip, like I had the benefit of working during the week and doing valuable policy research. And then on the weekend, I had the value of going and exploring my passions, which were traveling and learning new cultures. And I also, I'm a little rusty right now, but um, I was getting to be pretty proficient at Spanish. And it's really cool to say that you can speak another language. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's amazing to hear. I think that's, that sounds like you had a, like you had like some incredible learnings from that experience and I'm sure like you're still benefiting from that experience right now as well. Oh, for sure, man. For sure. I'm definitely going to come back to the Spanish. I don't know when, but (laughs) for sure I will. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, So let's dive a bit more into um, millennials journey podcast. Like why did you decide personally to start that? Was it like a, was it like a, like a series of steps that led to starting that or was it more of like a like a light bulb moment or something it was kind of both um the two main reasons i think i've boiled it down to were in my fourth year of studies i was a carlton or excuse me i was a residence fellow at carlton university and i was in charge of a floor of 70 students with my co-res fellow so similar to like a don or an ra at other schools And I absolutely love this experience. I was able to build thriving relationships and a community on my floor, as well as help coach my first year students into becoming better versions of themselves based on the experiences I had from years one to three. Yeah. However, I could see my former self in them and in good ways and, and in learning ways as well. And there were so many things I could see that elementary and high school did not prepare them for. Yeah. So at the same time, I also started getting into podcasting. So I was listening to like being boss planet money. Those are some really good ones. And, um, the epiphany struck me of how powerful this podcasting tool was. Yeah. Now it wasn't almost until a year later after my RF job that we launched the podcast, but I wanted to start the podcast to teach millennials and Gen Zs about two main topics we didn't learn in school, which are how to become wealthier in our intellect and finances. Yeah, that's 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 incredible, and uh, I'm sure that must have been an amazing experience uh, being a residence fellow. Because from whoever I've spoken to with their RAs or have been dons, they said that they've they've learned more from the first years than sometimes the first years have learned from that. You, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I, um, I, I, no, I can't see it better myself. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And like, what, what do you think is your vision with like a millennial's journey five years or maybe like six months to a year from now? At least? Six months to a year from now, like, listen, the, 
I mean, like a couple of months ago, I was so gung-ho about wanting to start monetizing the show. But then I realized, you know what? It's about passive impact, not passive income. It's yeah. more, the focus is more about just producing really high quality content in terms of like the audio, but also just what we're talking about and the messages we're working on delivering to people as opposed to trying to exploit our listeners and and make money. That's not what it's about. So the main focus for the next six months to a year is just to continue producing really good content. And then um, once I'm no longer painting full time, because like I said, this is a means to an end. I'm just doing yeah. it to learn and make some money. Um, once I'm able to carve out more time for the podcast, it's just going to, things are going to be elevated to a next level. Yeah. Because yeah, we want to start doing like uh, in-person events and we want to, start um having like coaching and having a lot more learning opportunities for our listeners perfect so is it like you see millennials journey more as, a, as an ecosystem than just a podcast yeah that's exactly it i really want it to be like a community and and kind of like the go-to source of knowledge for things that we didn't learn in school yeah no, that's amazing that's amazing uh so let's just um discover of that and, and sort of get into i know you've spoken about the idea of the four c's uh clarity commitment courage consistency if i'm correct um if you can maybe elaborate a little bit more on how that's helped you and how you sort of implemented it into your life because i think our listeners can really benefit from that Oh, a hundred percent. So I'll start off by saying I got really good grades in school. Uh, there's no qualms about that. And I'm going to be slightly, uh, full of myself on that yeah. one. So I worked really hard, man. Getting really yeah. good grades is not easy. I worked really hard for that. Yeah. Um, but this factor was not the key to my success. The keys to my success have come from the four C's, like you said, clarity, commitment, consistency, and courage. So what does that look like? So I'm extremely clear on what I want in life. I have an all-in and committed attitude towards my goals. I consistently practice my personal and professional habits and routines every day that move me forward. And most importantly, I have the courage to execute my vision. I blast through my self-limiting beliefs and don't say, I can't do that, but rather, how can I do that? Yeah. So I think it would be best if I kind of elaborate on each C just a little bit. Yeah. So let me start with clarity because clarity is the foundation to everything. If you don't have clarity, the other three are highly irrelevant. You, you got to know what you're going for. You have to know what you're doing. Okay. Yeah. So clarity, you have to know exactly what you want. You think of your life as like a research essay or a book. For me, the overarching thesis or the main idea of the book is that I want to live a really cool life, which stems from being wealthy intellectually, financially, and through my lived experiences. Okay. So that's the thesis. I want to live a really cool life. That's, that's what I'm clear on. Okay. So now I have to get even more clear. So being wealthy intellectually, financially, and through my lived experiences, now we're getting into like the chapters of the book, shall we say. And what exactly do I want from each of these three areas? So Devesh, for for brevity, we'll just we'll just focus on one metaphorical uh, paragraph or chapter. Yeah. Um, let's focus on the financial aspect, okay? So most wealthy people are wealthy because they've invested in real estate, and the amount of capital one can yield from one cash flowing property in a good area is incredible. 
Yeah. Okay. Let's just say you have an eight unit building by Laurier University that produces 5K per month in net operating income. And that's students paying you rent. You just made 60K per year from students paying you rent. And not to mention the active appreciation of the property every year, the renovations you do to it over year, every year. And once you've paid down the mortgage, or part of it at least, you can pull equity that you've gained in the yeah. form of a nice tax-free check. And you can put a down payment on another property or yeah. give yourself a nice Christmas bonus for being awesome. <laughs> so the goal in all of that is I want my passive income from real estate to be a minimum of $200,000 per year by the time I'm 35, yeah. which provides me a nice comfortable living and not to mention the equity I could pull from the properties at any time. And then later in life, I could sell the properties when I need money for retirement or my kid's tuition. Yeah. Yeah. And so, do, you, do you think that's a big thing that a lot of people haven't nailed that first step with the clarity part? Absolutely. Um, you ask people what they want in life or tell, to, to, to tell them something about themselves and the most they'll tell you is their name. Most people just <laughs> yeah. say like, oh, I want to be happy. It's like, okay, well, what does being happy look like to you? What, is your, what does that day look like? What food are you eating that makes your body tick? What yeah. exercises are you doing? Like you have to, this isn't super hard, but it also takes time and repetition and practice. You have yeah. to be very clear on what it is that's going to get you from where you want, from where you are to where you want to be. Yeah, definitely. So it, like I said, it's not hard, but you, you just got to do it. Yeah. So like for our listeners, you would say that first of all, you have your basic, uh, your main thesis, and then from that, you keep breaking it down into each part of your life. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. So what's like, what's the Devesh experience that you want to live? Like for Michael Kappa, I want to live a really cool life. So yeah. you, like, what would something, what would you say your thesis is per se? Um, definitely to help people reach their true full potential and to impact as many people as I can until the day I die. Bam. Okay. So that's, that's your foundation. That's where you're starting from. Yeah. And then, uh, I guess like a chapter in this book or of this research paper would be like you doing this podcast because you're, you're facilitating learning for people. And this podcast is going to be on the airwaves as long as you pay your subscription, which could yeah. be forever. So that literally facilitates the goal that you're very clear on. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So anyways, I know I kind of rambled on the clarity piece, but that's, no, that was, that was amazing. Cause you gave like a bunch of context and I think that was beautifully put. Thanks, man. So let's, let's explore the other three. Um, commitment and consistency go hand in hand. Okay. I, the reason I blend these two is because you need to be committed and consistent um, about practicing habits every day that align with your vision. So let's stay on the topic of real estate investing. I'm committed to getting into the game. Yeah. So this year, this year I've committed to listening to three episodes per week of the bigger podcast excuse me, the bigger pockets podcast, okay. as well as reading five books on the topic and having 10 hours of business coaching from a real estate investor. Um, also begun building my team in terms of having like a mortgage broker, an accountant, a realtor, and my partners and I are looking at investing in a property uh, or two later this year. So just to recap, I'm 
constantly learning. I'm listening to content. I'm exploring yeah. content on a daily, if not weekly basis. So I'm committed to doing it and I'm doing it consistently. Yeah. And would you say that to, to be able to be committed and consistent, your goals need to be um, sort of not quantitative, but they need to have some sort of numbers in place to make it like feasible for you? Um, yes and no. Yes, it's, it's, it's good to have numbers attached because then you begin with the end in mind, right? You always reverse yeah. engineer your goals. Um, the other piece I would add to that is you have to have a profound emotional connection to what it is that you want. Yeah, because I'll be straight up um, like I'm in my third year of my paying business and this is the last year I'm doing it. It's, it's a great experience, but I'm, I'm really starting to not come into work every day or not enjoy coming to work every day. So there has to be an emotional attachment to the money. And that's interesting because um, I think your ability to even realize in the first place that you're not enjoying the work and to make those changes is something that's not present, you know, like present in like a lot of people in today's generation or in the past as well. Brother, you get what you ask for and you get what you tolerate. And right now I I've made the choice again this year to do the painting business for 2020. So yeah, I have yeah. to live with that choice. Yeah. But I'm also tolerating it for one more year. And then after that, I'm going to pull the trigger on some other passions. So it's also just about adopting responsibility and accountability to your choices. Exactly. Exactly. That's amazing. And uh, so let's touch on the fourth point. That's courage. But I'm pretty interested to know, uh, like, for you to elaborate a little bit more on the courage part of it. Definitely. Yeah. So courage is about not giving up before you start. People throw it, throw up a lot of self-limiting beliefs when it comes to real estate. So they'll say something like it's super risky. I don't want to manage crappy tenants. I don't want to go fix a leaky pipe at 4am. Mo money, mo problems. (laughs) (laughs) But um, very simply success leaves clues. And of course I'm going to encounter challenges, but I'm studying lessons from people who have succeeded in real estate investing and how they overcame these challenges. Yeah. Not from people who tried it once, gave up, and then have nothing but bad things to say about it. So you have to be very cognizant of who you're learning things from, even if they have the same last name as you. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Like, could, you give it, could you give another example of the past maybe where you sort of use that courage? Would you say that's maybe going to Peru might be an example of you maybe taking that decision? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so when I, st- I, um, I wanted to learn Spanish in university, that was a goal of mine. I was very clear on that. And I was committed and consistent because I was going to class multiple times per week and uh, studying for hours per week. And then the courage piece came in when I could, I could have easily said, Oh, Peru, that's a developing country or that there's a lot of violence that goes on there. Like, honestly, man, I could have thrown up all the self-loading beliefs and all these stupid excuses but to be brutally honest it's it's actually very safe to travel in peru now it's a lot different than it was 30 years ago yeah um and their tourist industry is booming and a lot of people there go to school to learn english and tourism so when you're there it's actually 
dude, there was tons of American tourists, German tourists, Israeli wow. tourists, Canadian tourists. And like, you can get around the major cities of Peru and, um, still speak English every now and then and get by just fine. So like the courage piece was me just not putting up dumb excuses for not going. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That's amazing. Um, and about those dumb excuses, like what do you think are some of the dumb excuses you could say that millennials today sort of, uh, uh, use when not pursuing their dreams and their passions? Oh man. Um, I don't know. I, I'm really trying to think because I've, like, I've, if you're going to get maybe like pick any one you feel that you've seen recently and then sort of elaborate on that, that'd be great as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, see the reason I'm having a problem coming up with an answer is cause I've completely changed my circle of friends. So I hang out with people that we, we, choose to pursue the things we want to do. So I haven't yeah. hung out with a lot of excuse makers for a long time. Um, yeah. I think the main excuse would basically just be that, um, Oh, I don't have the time. Oh, there we go. That's the <laughs> best. Line. I don't have the time, dude. If LeBron James, Oprah and Jeff Bezos have the same 24 hours in a day that you and I have, I'm pretty sure you have the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I that's, think that's, that's a big one. I think that's the quote of the podcast. If LeBron James, Oprah, and Jeff Bezos at the same 24 hours, that there ain't no excuses, buddy. Yeah, yeah. It's just how you choose to carve out the day. And energy goes where attention flows. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I don't have enough time. And another one is just like, um, I can't afford it. There's, there's always ways to creatively finance something. Yeah. Um, and you just have to figure out like, okay, if this is a goal that I really want or something that I really want to do, what's the dollar figure attached to that? Okay. How many hours do I need to work per week? Oh, I'm working 40, but I need to work 50. Okay. And I think the biggest excuse, not just millennials or Gen Zs, but people in general put up is that, um, they want the life, but they don't want the process. Yeah. You, you know that I think that's what it boils down to. Yeah, definitely agree. That's I think that you hit on a key point over there. They want the life, not the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's uh, that's that's a big one. I think if we could encapsulate that entire question, if you want the life, you got to want the process. Exactly, exactly. And there was something interesting that you said that you were like, you don't surround yourself by any excuse makers anymore. So what, 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 do you, like, what do you think is the importance of having that right circle around you? Oh, it's absolutely crucial. Uh, not to sound cliche, but that Jim Rohn quote of, you're the culmination of the five people you spend the most time with. Yeah. It, you, you truly are a product of your environment because um, the, the mindset of the people that you're hanging around with all the time, the topics that you're talking about, the goals and aspirations that you have. Um, now listen, there's nothing wrong with hanging out with some buddies or girlfriends from your uh, childhood or high school or college university days yeah. that you, that you had an absolute blast with and a fun time with. There's, there's nothing wrong with just enjoying people. Yeah. Um, I'm talking about like the people that you see on a, weekly to daily basis that are going to shape your mindset. So for example, 
I joined a self mastery group here in Pickering and um, there's about eight to 10 of us that meet up every Tuesday night and the group's been going on for about a year and a half. I just joined about five months ago, Okay, but it's a group about self mastery. So there's eight to 10 of us talking about our goals and how we want to become better versions of ourselves. And even amongst my own friend group, like I still hang out with, uh, people from high school but it's actually just kind of narrowed down so instead of like 10 people from high school it's like six or seven yeah so um you just gotta be very aware of the folks you're surrounding yourself with because they affect the way you think they're called embedded commands where like they'll say something and you'll be like oh that's dumb but then it kind of sinks into your subconscious because your subconscious mind accepts everything interesting that's 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 pretty interesting so and also like the self, so you said a self mastery group, was that, did you find that like online or was it through like a mutual friend or? It was, and this is the importance of building long-term relationships. It was one of my friends that I played baseball with when I was like 12 years old. He, uh, he actually reached out to me cause he, he saw on social media that I was doing all the entrepreneurship stuff. And he said, yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm starting this group, a uh, self mastery group for young people. And uh, he did it for about five or six months and then he discontinued it because um, he decided to focus on other things. But him and I actually still go to the main self-mastery group, um, yeah. which is led by um, our business coach. Because our, our, the one that he was putting on for young people is free, but the one that's put on for, yeah. for the older folks is, uh, is paid, obviously. So um, anyways my friend reached out to me cause he knew like, this is the law of attraction, right? People see yeah. you're doing good things. They're going to flock to you and they're going to provide opportunities to you. You didn't even know were available. Exactly. Yeah. That, that, that's amazing. I saw like, cause like I was wondering, I was like, if someone's in another city in Ontario or in Canada, like how exactly would they sort of get involved with people that are off the same mindset as them and sort of starting self mastery? Yeah, so there's some really good networks. Um, definitely explore what's on Meetup. There, there's some really good groups that meet on Meetup. I, I would highly encourage people go to a Toastmasters, which is a public speaking organization. Yeah, they they help coach you in learning public speaking. Yeah, um, a lot of entrepreneurs and power players go to Toastmasters, and, and just like regular folks too. But I mean, um, if you really want to surround yourself with people of like like minds. Uh, so yeah, meetup groups, Toastmasters, just seeing what networking events are available through your local chamber of commerce, your local board of trade. Yeah. Um, and for students at school, get involved with like world vision, get involved with me to, Oh, me to we is a huge one. Holy. Me to, sorry. How do you spell that? Me to, me to we Craig Kielberger's. Yeah. Craig Kielberger's organization. Me to we. Okay. Um, if you're into politics, start volunteering for a counselor or a member of parliament or provincial parliament. Um, you honestly, Devesh, you just kind of need to start putting yourself out there into things that you're interested in. And, um, the ones that I listed are just some of the groups that I've done personally, but there's, there's other groups that like, for example, I was also part of the heavy metal club at school, which was pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, it's hard to find 
like-minded people who love rock and heavy metal. So um, just gravitate towards communities and clubs where you feel like you're going to fit in. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I've seen that personally as well, that when you build a network of like-minded individuals, like it can get you from one place to another, like like you have no idea where it gets you to. The other crucial point in all of that is, although you're surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals, you're also surrounding yourself with your greatest teachers because you're going to see things in people that you really like and you really admire. And you're going to see things in people that you really don't want to do for yourself. So everyone around you is a teacher, even if you think they're not. Yeah, that was, yeah, I think that's, I think that was, that was, that was was amazing. They said that everyone around you is a teacher, whether you think it or not, that's beautiful. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. What's, uh, what, what else is percolating on your mind, brother? But yeah, I just want to know, like, what do you think of the current state of the education system as a whole? That's a loaded question for which you're getting a loaded answer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Listen, I I am always a glass half full kind of person. So I think there's a lot of pros and there's a lot of merit to it and opportunities provided for students, but it could definitely use improvement. Essentially, we're taught how to be cogs in the wheel of society and to memorize facts for testing purposes. Rather... I think we should be taught how to use the power of our minds and our creativity to focus on our strengths and how failure in the process of learning is our most valuable tool. Two books that I think should be mandatory in school are Think and Grow Rich and Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill because he gives an excellent blueprint for how to live your best life. Um, I mean, listen, it goes without saying, everyone needs a baseline level of any subjects excuse me let me say that again i firmly believe that anyone needs a baseline level of knowledge with any subject and that goes without saying but i think there's too much pressure on kids to do things they don't want to do too fast for example i was done with math after grade eight like literally all i use now on a daily basis is up to grade eight math i would have way rather spent the credit space in high school taking business arts and woodshop and auto shop classes which are subjects i'm actually interested in and would apply my mind at more and are based on my long-term vision yeah um i also believe there's some topics that should be mandatory rather than others so things like taxation personal finances how to take care of your body rather than discovering the unknown angle of a scalene triangle yeah you know (laughs) (laughs) i think if kids had the power to choose the classes they wanted to do and the delivery of the content was in a much more practical application this simple modification to the education system would suffice to solve most of our society's problems. Yeah, that's definitely interesting that you brought that up because I took a I took a personal financial planning course in my second year of university, and I learned more in that one course than I've learned in like anything else, like any other course in my life. And it wasn't even a mandatory course. It was like you just. It was a very small class, and it was like very few people get into the class. So I was like, why isn't this more easily accessible to other people at this university? Didn't your professor say to you, if you guys haven't learned this stuff yet, then the education system has failed you? Yeah, that's what he basically told us. And I was like, but there's like 50 of us in this class. There's 40,000 people on this campus. I was like, 50 out of 40,000 that know this knowledge, that is not right. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and like he brought up some fact about how like I think seventy percent of Canadians are not on track to save how much they want to save for their retirement. And he's like, this is because they don't get these skills at the ages of twenty between the ages of twenty to twenty five. You have to, man. You have to. Um, unfortunately, they're not handed to us when we're younger as they should be. So the onus is on us to make the choice to learn them on our own. And it's not like you have to learn everything in one month. Like these things take time. Like I started learning this stuff when I was 20 and 21. I'm 23 now. And um, if I didn't start when I was 20 or 21, like I I would have started eventually, but now I'm two years ahead of as if I didn't start at all. Get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I remember you spoke. So in this, you spoke about how that the education system doesn't teach us about the idea of failure and how failure is just a stepping stone to learning. So, like, what has been like your biggest failure, and sort of what did you learn from it? Not not being content with myself sooner. I know I'm living the Michael Kappa experience, if you will, because I practice the four C's on a daily basis based on my long term vision. And I'm super thrilled where things are going. But Devesh, it wasn't until I was almost 21 years old that I doubled down on what I really wanted and got intentional about uh, what I want and how I'm going to take responsibility for my choices. So I think it really just boils down to, um, you know, love thyself and get intentional about what thyself wants. <laughs> yeah, definitely. 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 And let's just sort of like, um, move from that more towards your entrepreneurial journey. Like what is sort of like one thing you'd say you wish you knew, uh, before starting out on your entrepreneurial journey? I wish I knew about the four C's sooner. Okay. So I got into entrepreneurship because I was confident and knew I could do it but I didn't really have any direction as to why I was doing it. Yeah. Now the counterpoint to that would be, well, just do it like Nike's slogan, which I would agree with, but um, it's also important to have direction in doing the thing as well. And there has to be a lot more than just money being the underlying reason. And I know this sounds so cliche, but, I said it already, there has to be a profound emotional connection for what you're doing. You have to love what you do and do what you love every day. Yeah. So that's what I would, that's what I would do. Um, that's what I wish I knew before I started out. Yeah. But that's definitely amazing. Um, and so that's something that you wish you knew before, but what do you think is something that's probably like a misconception? You think people on a general basis have about entrepreneurship like before they start out? Um, okay. I'm going to address that question two ways. The first way I know I said, do what you love and love what you do, yeah. but you also, you also have to have a plan. You also like, if you want to become an actor or a rock star or a makeup artist or whatever it is, your passion is, that's great. If you want to become a writer and author, that's awesome. But besides doing the thing, you also have to learn how you're going to make money at doing the thing. Yeah. Um, so that's number one is if you're going to have a plan to pursue the vision, also have a plan of how you're going to make money at it. Yeah. Um, now general misconceptions around entrepreneurship would be like, you're going to make money hand over fist. It's, it's ultimate financial freedom. 
um, which it is, it is, you are going to make money hand over fist and it is financial freedom eventually. Eventually. I think what people that don't get into entrepreneurship, or sorry, let me just say that again. I think what people that, how, how they, perceive entrepreneurship is that it's this easy thing it's like oh well you just run the business and you're the boss and all this money just magically flocks to you and wills itself to you dude you have to become super proficient at selling you have to be super proficient at um providing the service or the product that you're selling to people like the money doesn't just magically pop into your bank account so um it it takes work it's it's a lot of sacrifice and it's entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart i've i'll be straight up like it it is immensely rewarding because i can work when i please yeah. So, um, like some weeks are I'll work or some months of the year, I'll work full time for like five or six months of the year. And then I'll take a month off. Um, yeah. I have the freedom and ability to do so, but it also comes with a price. Like in order for me to source all my work for my painting business, first I have to go out to the home shows and I have to meet with clients. Then I have to go give them an estimate. Then I have to close the deal. then I actually have to go produce the work. So there's a lot of time and effort that goes into me having quote financial and time freedom. Um, And then managing people that, I mean, listen, the skills that you get out of entrepreneurship, they are the best skills you will ever learn from anything. But it's also with uh, a large toll and it takes a really resilient mindset and a resilient person that adopts really good habits and and uh, beliefs and self-confidence in order to pay that price for what it takes to do entrepreneurship. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I think that was a, you put it in an extremely beautiful way about the misconceptions about entrepreneurship and about how certain people need to tackle that. And uh, sort of segueing into that, I just want to ask that what are you what are you personally looking forward to for Michael Kappa's journey of 2020? Um hmm. Honestly, man, I'm just looking forward to tending the garden of my passions. So yeah. I'm still doing the painting business, like I've mentioned a few times, but I've been practicing the drums a lot more. Uh, my band, we resume rehearsal next week. Yeah. Um the podcast is growing the what else oh public speaking i'm going to be delivering my first speech next week so it's amazing so i'm I'm tending the garden per se and getting things ready and setting up 2021 so that i can officially start pursuing my passions so 2020 is exciting because i'm tending to the garden yeah yeah, that's incredible it's incredible and like so you're looking forward to the future but if i if i had to say like if you could turn back the time and give some advice to like your 18 year old, the 18 year old stuff, like when you were starting off university, like, what do you think it would be? Yeah. So I have the mindset that you win and you learn and I won't knock this experience entirely because it had its good times and I learned a lot from it. But Devesh, if I could turn back time, I would tell my 18 year old self to get rid of that girlfriend that was distracting me and move on (laughs) to someone else that actually would have supported me. Yeah. Um, There's plenty of fish in the sea, but I was with someone that didn't bring out the best in me. 
yeah. which looking back on it, I had a choice in the matter and I chose to tolerate it. Yeah. To your listeners, I would say if you're not with someone that you can be your true self around 100% of the time, as well as someone that doesn't bring out the best in you, cut yeah. them out of your life immediately. Yeah. That's definitely. what I would tell my 18 year old self. Definitely agree. Definitely agree. And uh, to sort of end it off, because of course we're, we're talking about Trevier, like what is one daily practice that you believe that people should do to achieve daily growth in their self-development journey? Set goals before you go to bed the night before or first thing in the morning. Your day needs direction. This this is part of the clarity piece. Yeah. Acting without purpose is chaos waiting to happen. Yeah. Definitely, definitely, definitely agree. And uh, just wanted to say, uh, Michael, thank you so much for that. Um, there, like, there's some insane value that you've like thrown out here to our listeners. And I am 110% sure like everyone who's going to listen to this is going to enjoy it like crazy. So finally, like where can our listeners connect with you online? Thanks, man. I appreciate that. It was a pleasure to be on the show. Um, so where everyone could find me on Instagram would be best. My personal is at underscore Michael Kappa and my podcast is at millennial journey podcast. Now, People always spell millennial wrong and that's okay. I used to spell it wrong too. It's M-I-L-L-E-N-N-I-A-L. So double L, double N, millennial. <laughs> perfect, perfect, perfect. Anyways, Michael, thank you so much for taking out the time to be here. Uh, a big thank you from the Progressaholic team. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for imparting your wisdom on our listeners. Absolutely, my friend. It was my pleasure. If you like any part of that, please, 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 please leave us a review. It would mean the world to us. And uh, yeah, please let us know your thoughts. Um, how do you think we can improve and continue providing more and more value to our community? Because we're here to serve our community and we want to make sure that you guys have the best time possible um, and really kill it in your self-development journey. Thank you very much.